the whole idea of everybody is like, this, we've gotten this notion. It never came from. It came from the Godfather, from the movie of like, it's not personal. It's strictly business. And that was from a Godfather line. I think that's ruined so many business relationships. The fact that it's not personal. It's, it's just business. It couldn't be further from the truth. Business is personal. Business is personal unless you're on such a scale that you don't even deal. With, we're all if we're all in this world that we're talking about, it's all personal. And if you think it's not, you're gonna screw everything up because you're like, oh, sorry, that was just personal. That was just business. When you say those words. It's basically saying, I'm getting the better end of the deal right now and deal with it. Hi, my name is Caitlin Pyatt. I'm a professionally certified marketer, and this is the Start Marketing Podcast, where small business owners can find authentic, accessible, and actionable marketing advice to help them grow and scale their businesses. I've worked in marketing for over 13 years, and it's an industry I genuinely love and a craft I believe can revolutionize and propel businesses to unimaginable growth. I'm the director of marketing at a startup, I run the Start Marketing community, and of course, I host this podcast. But I'm also a wife, a mom of three, and my house is generally always chaotic. I like learning about marketing, talking about it, and this is my favorite place to share my love of marketing. If you can't tell, I'm kind of a nerd about it. So I hope you're ready to soak it all in and start marketing. Hey, Start Marketing listeners, and welcome back to today's episode. We're going to do a deep dive into how to build a powerful network with our returning guest, Vincent Puglisi. If you missed last week's episode, feel free to hop back one show and give it a listen. Otherwise, let's dive in. Vincent is first and foremost a husband and a father. He and his wife, Elizabeth, homeschool their three sons in Bradenton, Florida. Vincent is the host of the Total Life Freedom Podcast, a daily short-form show teaching you something new every day about business and living a life of freedom. He recently launched The Wealth of Connection, a podcast studying the super connectors of the world through deep conversations. Vincent's new book, The Wealth of Connection, will be published in the spring of 2022, and he is the leader and founder of the Total Life Freedom Mastermind, connecting and helping entrepreneurs live a life of time, money, and location freedom. You can check out what he has going on at TotalLifeFreedom.com and connect with Vincent on Instagram at TotalLifeFreedom1. So Vincent, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. All right. So last week, we had this amazing conversation about why building a powerful network is really, really important, that you need to start it before you need it, and how it really kind of lays this foundation for you very strategically in all things in your business, but especially for when you're ready to kind of springboard into marketing your business and advertising and spending money if that's the route that you're going to choose to go. Mm -hmm. So if I've, if I haven't started my powerful network, because I think that was one of the things that when, when I joined Total Life Freedom and we started, I started listening to these conversations, I was like, well, Oh man, I feel really behind. I feel really behind. Like where where do I start? So if I feel like this isn't something that I've cultivated or I haven't cultivated it well because I didn't think I needed it in the past, where do I start? It's such a great question because people think that often and they compare themselves. And we all do. We compare ourselves with something else or somebody else and we go, "Oh, we're behind." You're where you are right now and all we have is the future. It's all that matters. So, you know, I go through this a lot. I'll go through periods of time where I don't do it as much. When I am on my game, I have a system down and I'm not really a system guy at all. I'm a fly by the seat of your pants in a lot of ways. I'm a freelancer in a lot of ways, but there's something that I do every day, which is called the hour of giving. And it was the thing that changed my life. It changed my connections and it changed our business to where that's my marketing strategy. And it came down to, I kept hearing about all these people with their morning routines. What's my, it's self-affirmation and it's meditation. And I read something and I do this. 
And not to sound kind of like annoyed, but everything was just so self-involved. And it, it sounds terrible to say that because a lot of people doing that, like, wait a second, what are you calling me, selfish? I'm like, kind of because of what we've been taught, which is, hey, take care of yourself first. It's all about what you need. What do you want out of life? It's going to matter, all this type of stuff. And what I've noticed is we have a very selfish culture, including myself. So how do we change that? So instead of doing a morning routine of all the things that I wanted and I want in my life and I want to learn, I said, how am I supporting other people when I start the day? It doesn't always have to be the first thing in the morning. It doesn't have to be, but on my best days it is. So what I do for that first hour, and it started out of kind of desperation of feeling like I didn't like the way my life was going. I didn't like who I was. So how do I change that? And that's literally how it started. Let me sit down for an hour and let me reach out to people that I haven't heard from in a while. Let me reach out to people that I failed to connect with or failed to respond to. Let me leave reviews for the podcast that I listen to because I listen to all these podcasts, but I'm not helping them. I'm a taker. Like I'm listening to your show and every week or every day I'm getting value from it. Do I think to, ha- to help this podcaster who's putting all this stuff out? So I would go and I would go leave those reviews. I would send those reviews to the host and I would say, hey, loving your show. Here's a review I just left. And people are like, oh, how do you connect with these people? Do something nice for them and they're not used to getting that. A lot of podcasters, authors are used to putting a lot of stuff out and not getting much response from it, no matter how hard they work. When I wake up and somebody sends me a review that they left for my podcast out of nowhere, without me asking for it, and they go, I've been loving your show, immediately my heart swells up and immediately that person jumps to the top of my list of people that I want to do stuff for. Without them asking, I'm like, okay, all of a sudden I get what Gary Vaynerchuk calls guilt marketing. I'm like, okay, I feel guilty now. They did this thing for me. Let me go connect them to somebody because they're a generous person. That's what would happen with me. Why wouldn't I do that for other people? So one hour a day, and then it extends beyond that, the more time I have, but no, at a minimum of one hour a day, I spend my time helping other people, connecting other people, doing the things that they need, writing out thank you notes, because there's nothing that makes me feel better than going to my mailbox and seeing a real letter in the mailbox, not some spam. And it's written out saying, thanks for what you did for me. I, I save every one of them. One thing I do not throw away, I keep, it, it's meaningful. I could tell you the people that sent me thank you notes two years ago. That's how powerful it is. Why aren't I doing that for other people? So the basic premise, and it goes way deeper, but the basic premise is that one hour, and I don't have to get everything done in that hour. I just need to do an hour's worth of it. And I've lifted enough people up and I've helped enough people that now I can get on with my day and do other stuff that I need to get done. But that needs to get done first. It's kind of like that concept of, you know, the kids' piggy banks where they're kind of divided into three sections and it's like spend, save, donate. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's almost like you've sort of built into this routine, not just self-care, although I would I would argue that even spending time to lift other people up is a form of like it fills your own cup up. Absolutely. It is, it is not just a, a, it's not a completely altruistic action. Like you'll do it and you leave feeling good. And then you're motivated to keep doing it because it, well, it goes, you feel good. Well, it goes back to what we talked about last week. When you have generous goals over selfish goals, you still get stuff back. You actually, there's so much research that says by being generous, how much healthier you get from being generous. So yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's not going at, it wasn't doing it saying, I want to get this. I wound up, we wound up feeling good just doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that's exactly what 
at my at my old company, we used to have like these days of giving where we were able to take off and go and volunteer for mm. that exact reason because you just you feel good. It fills your cup when you fill other people's cup, yeah. and it, you, it goes back to that that idea of really just kind of manifesting and putting out this abundance and this attitude of like I'm gonna I'm gonna give, and eventually it's gonna come back to me. People are gonna feel that positive energy yep. and they're going to give it back to me. And when I, and then when I, when I am in need, I can go and I can make the ask and someone's like, you know what? It, yeah. Like you do this a lot. Like, absolutely. I'm going to answer this question. I'm going to introduce you to someone. I'm going to help you figure something out. Like it's, it's something that happens naturally all the time. I'll, I'll give you a story. There's a couple about that. I do this often and John Rulins, the, the author of Giftology. I mean, he's, he's an amazing guy, amazing, incredibly successful. I've been involved in connecting him and helping him out in different ways that I could, you know, sharing his work. He's way up there. So what can I possibly do for somebody like that? Well, I stayed involved. I connected him. I, I promote his stuff because I believe in it. I love his book. Well, he did a thing about a year or two ago, and it was to his entire email list. Hey, I'm going to be in Cleveland throwing out the first pitch for the game. And... I have an extra ticket for the for the suite. And he goes, who on my list wants that ticket? I'm taking somebody from my email list. And I emailed him. And I said, I'd love it. And he emailed me back within like three minutes. And he said, Vincent, I've known you. You've always been a giver. The ticket's yours. So I was like, so I, had to, I don't know how many people are on this list. I got that. So I get to spend 45 minutes with him just talking in the booth. Just, I mean, he's giving me business advice. I mean, Business advice that is literally changing the way that I'm marketing this next book that will change everything. Well, he's throwing out the first pitch. What can I do? Well, I'm a photographer. We all have advantages in our life. So I'm not going to be able to shoot this because I can't bring my cameras in because I'm not credentialed. I was a photographer for 20-something years. But I have a network and I have friends. So when I knew he's throwing out the first pitch, just like your friend Alexa, I was like, what can I do? Oh, my wife used to work for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. I know the people there. I emailed a couple of different people that were photographers shooting the game. I finally found two people that were shooting, and I paid them to shoot pictures of John throwing out the first pitch from two different angles. So we had it from the left, from the first base side, and the third base side. He had no idea that I did it. I just wanted to give him something. So we go and hang out in the booth. He helps me out in a ton of ways. We connect. And then about two weeks later, I get the pictures back, and we do an album for him. We do a printed picture of him throwing out the first pitch, which nobody else got the way that we got it because everybody's with their phones. We're talking professional photographers with a 400 millimeter lens, that one moment that he'll never get back. That's how it all comes for us full circle. By being generous, you get invited to a high profile event with a high profile person and you think, oh, what can I do to make this more special for him? What did it cost me? 150 bucks in cash that I slipped to the two different people. And he has got that framed on his wall. Every time we talk, he mentions it. Mm-hmm. And you could, so you could just, it doesn't take that much to do this. What I like about that story is that it started out, you know, with you being generous and that's how you got the invitation. And then you were able to have these fabulous conversations, but you didn't stop being generous once you, once you got the ticket, you, you continue to think like, well, what can I do to make this special to like pay it forward? You know, it's, it's kind of this like compounding the circle never really ends, you're yeah. constantly thinking, how can I, how can I make this special? Like, this is really cool. This guy invited me here. He's giving me all of this advice. Like, oh, Hey, I could do this. And what, like, what a thoughtful thing to do. And then it, 
it sticks. It's like the equivalent. I don't, it's not the equivalent, but it's, it's along the, the lines when people think like, oh, I'm going to send, you know, somebody like my branded something that they're mm-hmm. going to keep on their desk. But how much cooler is it to have this photograph that this guy from my email list thought to have done for me? And like, you know, of course, now it elevates every conversation. It's special to me. It's, it feels genuine. Well, and It's and that one moment. Because yeah. I'm thinking right there, like he has no idea that he's going to throw out this pitch and it's going to be gone. And he's going to have crappy cell phone pictures. and He's going to have crappy little video and the team photographer, I watch them, I shot with them all. They're going to shoot with a wide angle lens. They're not going to shoot the picture that I know he's going to love. I was a sports photographer for 20-something years. It's a it's a superpower in that moment that I have to be able to hire two pros to shoot this. It's nothing for them. They're sitting on the sidelines. They're sitting in the dugout doing nothing until the game starts. If I'm them, would I not take the money, put it in my pocket, and shoot the picture and of course I'm going to, and you help somebody out. It's the circle of it all, but it's when we try to do it for what we can get, it's, you know, it doesn't work out that way. It works out in the short term. You can push your way to the front short term, but long term, people aren't going to trust you if you do it the wrong way. Mm, I think that's, I think that's so fantastic. So one of the things that I have always, you know, as I'm listening to you kind of tell these stories, like, how do you choose or how do you make sure that you kind of like keep track of all of these people that you're meeting? So like when you're in, you know, when you're in the suite and you are, you're talking and you're getting all of this great advice, you're probably meeting other people too mm-hmm. that I'm assuming you probably want to stay connected to. Mm-hmm. So like you're not throwing business cards out like confetti, but no. like how do you, how do you stay connected and make sure that like moving forward, that connection continues to feel genuine and doesn't feel self-serving? It's a hard question because I'm not great at this part. I'm really not because I don't have a CRM that I use. I got a Remarkable, which is my, do you know what that is? It's it's no. It's a new like digital device. It's like a notepad. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have, okay, I've seen that. I've got, I've got books and notepads. All It drives my wife crazy. The back of envelopes, the back of everything. And now I have one place to put it all. So I could actually keep track of people better there. But at the same time, when you ask, like, how do you keep track of everybody? It's To me, it's like asking, like, if I'm going to go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, how do I find out how I can eat everything on this table? <laughs> on this table. Like, I, want, I need everything. I need the pudding. and I can't. There was, there's 20 influential people in that room. And what I learned was I can meet them and I could possibly get their cards – but I have the same philosophy when I go to a conference. I want to have three amazing connections and one great conversation. Mm-hmm. When I went to podcast movement, when we hung out there in Nashville, if I can have three amazing conversations and one great connection, everything will keep going from there. If I need to meet everybody, everything's going to be superficial. I'm going to be looking over people's shoulders. I'm not going to be giving you my full attention. But if I meet somebody and we have a two and a half hour conversation because it just clicks, stick with it because that's one of the three. And if one of those three is just an amazing connection that will go on for 10 years, how valuable was that conference? So when I think of that, you know, that suite, that game in the suite with John, like I had three great conversations. I got to meet his right-hand person that handles all the detail stuff because John's a dreamer like I am. And when I realized, like, what do you do with your book? Like, I want to just write the next book. He goes, I do too. But him, that guy over there, the one that keeps him on track said, no, we're going to market this for five years and you're not going to write another book. And I was like, because I didn't do that. My last book, I wrote it, then I went on to the next thing. 
So he gave me a five-year plan for my upcoming book that I never would have had without that. That in itself was worth everything. I didn't need to meet every person in the room. So even though I kind of did and I got business cards, those three conversations were what mattered. Mm -hmm. So then when you sit down for your hour of giving Mm -hmm. every morning, like how do you decide who you're going to, who are you going to reach out to? Is it based on just kind of like things you've got going on? Is it literally whoever like pops into your head and you're like, oh yeah, you know what? I haven't talked to so-and-so in a real long time. I'm just going to like drop them a note and be like, hey, how's it going? What's new with you? How do you decide? It's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. It's it's a, it's a combination. It's a buffet. Because if I have, I'm so unstructured that if I have to do the same thing every single time, I'm going to go bored out of my mind. I'm not going to enjoy it. Some days I literally, and I talked about this on one of the TLF calls, I literally will type in like Caitlin on, in, my, in my messenger and I'll see all the Caitlins that I have as friends. And I'll say, oh, Caitlin Pye, let me, let me message her. I, it pop, top of mind, let me see how she's doing. Caitlin, I haven't seen her in 20 something years since high school. Reach out. Like that's like a game I'll play. I'll put in the name and all of a sudden that's a silly thing that I do. But a lot of times I am really going by what I see and what I feel. If I see something going on on social media, I will say, Hey, I want to reach out to that person. They could use help. They could use a connection. They probably seem like they can use something that just needs to be in their life at the moment. I did this one time with no rhyme or reason. And there was one girl that were connected online. For some reason I thought to just, Hey, send her a message thinking about you want to see how you're doing. And she was, Say, she said, I'm crying right now because you messaged me because I just found out last night that my husband was abusing our child and he got arrested last night and he's in jail right now. I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking that nobody cares about me. And out of nowhere, you just sent me a message and you just completely made my day. And I don't know what to say about this. And she was so thankful. And we kept in touch about it. R- most random connection, just a name in my list that I wanted to reach out to and you know, as bad as I felt for what she was going through, to know that she had somebody reach out to her, it wasn't on Facebook. She hadn't posted about it, but it was something where it was a random reach out. At the same time, I'm very, very tactical. Podcasting is a big part of my world. Um, the podcast that we're building and being on other podcasts. So I make sure there's a certain amount of podcasters I reach out to every single day. Every single day to not only check in with them, to support them, to listen to a show, leave them a review, to connect them to somebody else. The more you do that, the more they start saying, hey, you need to be on my show. Or, hey, I need to connect you to this person. People are like, how do you get on so many shows? Just by doing this. If you do this and you have great content that you can go on their podcast and add tremendous value, now they're going to refer you to somebody else. Now a listener is going to hear it and they're going to want that. There's going to be a podcast that's a listener. They're going to want to have you on the show. It just keeps going and going. But I'll tell you when I stop doing this, there are times when we moved this summer to Florida, I stopped doing this for two months. And all of a sudden, my inbox dried up. I didn't get as many messages back. I didn't get because people aren't thinking to do this. They respond back when you respond to them. But people aren't actively doing what I'm talking about right now. Because if they were, I would be getting flooded with messages daily. So people are very lonely, even though we're all connected online. And the human connection is real. Hmm. I think that's a really interesting perspective as you're telling that story i was i was thinking about um during the time that we were quarantined so i was super pregnant at the start of quarantine and then i had a newborn and so we we weren't doing anything and for for months leading up to it but it became especially important um during the quarantine time, I made it a point every week to make sure that I was checking in with like one of my friends. Like mm-hmm. there's a couple that like I 
we text back and forth all day long every day. And so I was like, you know, I've got my pulse on like a couple of people, but there are others that like, I know I'm not going to be seeing for like months that Mm -hmm. normally like, you know, we'd be able to pop out and like have some drinks or, you know, grab a coffee or something. And it, it started out a little selfish where I was like, I just want to make sure that like, I'm not losing track of Mm -hmm. this person. Like, I just, I feel like I'm not being a great friend sometimes. And I hadn't thought of kind of carrying that into kind of the business world. Like I I don't necessarily have to have like a whole lot to say to you, but if I just kind of like pop in and I'm like, "Hey, you know, how's I saw you had a job change. Like how's that going?" Mm-hmm. Or I see that, you know, we just haven't chatted in a while. Like what's new in your world? How are things going? Yep. Like it doesn't have to be anything profound. It can just literally be like, "Hey, how how are you? What what do you have yes. going on?" And the more you do that, the more you realize when you do connect, there can be even a little more meaning to it. Hey, you know, you know, I saw this, I thought about you, I read this article and it made me think of you and what you're doing. The more you do what your friend Alexa did, the more like, oh, I do that every day, find an article. Instead of just reading it, think who can use this? And instead of just posting it online as my own content, I literally go one-to-one and I form a connection. I'd be like, hey, Caitlin, I thought, you were th- I thought this would help you in what you're doing. And people go, think about that. You get that message, you go, they were just sitting there read an article and thought of me, that's how you make people feel special. When you make people feel special, all this stuff starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I'm not, this is not normal for me. I've had to learn all this. And you're not, you're not necessarily changing what you're already doing. You're already probably sitting down and reading a book or listening to a podcast or scrolling through and like finding an article or something. You're already consuming things. Totally. It doesn't, it doesn't actually take that much more to just copy and paste the link and be like, oh, I saw this and I thought of you. Like totally. you might think it's really, might think it's really interesting. Like check it's, it's it out. The whole, it's the whole idea of everybody's like, this, we've gotten this notion. It never came from it came from the Godfather, from the movie of like, it's not personal, it's strictly business. That was from a Godfather line. I think that's ruined so many business relationships. The fact that it's not personal, it's it's just business. It couldn't be further from the truth. Business is personal. Business is personal unless you're on such a scale that you don't even deal with. We're all, if we're all in this world that we're talking about, it's all personal. And if you think it's not, you're going to screw everything up because you're like, oh, sorry, that was just personal. That was just business. When you say those words, it's basically saying, I'm getting the better end of the deal right now and deal with it. You never say it's just business when you're losing or you're getting less. It's only when you're getting more and the other person. And so that's how you justify it. So that, I hope that term starts going away because business absolutely is personal. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I'm just laughing because I've, I've, you know, I hear people say that all the time, but I think the way you've quantified it is, is right on the money there. Like, yeah, I only say it when I am getting the better end of that deal. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. why would I, why would I say that? You know, it, like, it's an excuse. It's an excuse to, to get yourself out of something that you took advantage of somebody else for. Sorry, you know, no refunds, business, it's business, not personal. You know, and I'm not saying that you have to always do do the refund if they don't deserve. I'm not saying that, but when you use that excuse, it's very easy to to just dismiss people. But when you realize it is personal, you might be like, you know what? Maybe they are in the right here, but for the best of the relationship and the best of the future and the best of my referrals going forward, maybe I should do that. Mm-hmm. And I think personal. that's I think that mentality really kind of changes the game. So when you when you continue 
even if it's a negative interaction, like you, let's play on the example that you're using here. Somebody comes to you and they're not happy with mm-hmm. whatever it is they got from you and they yep. want they want their money back. They might be wrong. They might mm-hmm. have, maybe they're going to argue that like you didn't deliver the scope that you were supposed mm-hmm. to deliver. They might be wrong. You might be able to say like, yeah, but here is, see, here's what all the, yeah, here's what I did for you. I sent it all in this email and here, you know, here's your response and things like that. And when I think about like, how do I maintain the connection here? Is it worth severing this connection to be right. And I have this conversation with my my seven-year-old son all the time because he loves to be right. He loves to be right, especially when it comes to his five-year-old sister. Like he's he's gonna make her cry mm. because I'm I'm gonna be right. But I want you yeah. to know I'm right. Yeah. And I always ask, I always ask, you know, is it more important to be right or to do the right thing? Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, you can even reframe this idea of making connections and say, you know what, in the spirit of making and keeping a good connection and being able to come back to you, this interaction's not great, but hopefully our next one can be, I'm going to just try to do the right thing here by you. And people get worried about that because I I can't give refunds when everything, everything, even though it all stated that I didn't have to. It stated there, there were no refunds, blah, blah, blah. I can't do it for everybody. Not saying that you do it for everybody. And I'm not, because you have to run a business. But when you know there's a relationship on the line and you know there's a problem with it, you have to bring the human aspect into it and be like, what would I want to happen if it was me? If I, like when I buy a ticket to a conference and it's clearly stated no refunds and then I can't go and then I go to the owner of the conference and I say, I want my money back. And he says, no, that's on me. That's on me as the purchaser to be like, they can't give, if everybody asked for a refund, they would be out hundreds of thousands of dollars and they wouldn't be able to, write. I understand the, the rules, but if there's a situation where you can do something about it and you know it's going to help a relationship, you have to have that leeway to be able to do it. I don't want to come across at all, like always be the one giving and always give all your money. And it's ridiculous. You got to run a business, but you also have to have the human element to it where you don't want to destroy something special if somebody feels off by it. And it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't even have to do exactly what they want. At the end of the day, that person just wants you to like recognize like, hey, my, my situation changed or like, you know, I just, I want you to recognize the way that I'm feeling. And so maybe I can't offer you like a full refund because I I do have to pay. I did spend time on it, Mm -hmm. but you know what? Maybe, maybe like I could offer you a phone call and say like, hey, you know what? Like before I, you know let's have this phone call and let's kind of talk through everything that we did. And like, let's, let's see if after that you feel really good about it. And if you don't, then we'll, then let's talk about the refund or whatever it is, but there's ways that you can kind of maintain. And you just, at the end of the day, it's that human element of, of saying like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to recognize that you've got some thoughts and some feelings. Totally. And And that's it. it. It all comes back to connection. That's why that term is so important because if we don't know how to do it, we don't know how to do it well, we'll take what was an okay situation and turn it into a bad situation because we don't know how to connect in the right way. And if you know how to go about it, sometimes people just want, like you said, they just want to be heard. They want to know, they want the affirmation that somebody cares. It's not necessarily the money and people will tell it's not the money. It's just the fact that way you talk to me. It's the fact that you're dismissing me. It's the fact that you're giving me no credibility to what I'm saying. That's what bothers the person, not the fact they don't get their $200 back. 
And if people could understand that, people like, I don't even want the money. Just hear me. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it's, it's very, it's very powerful when you kind of strip everything away and you think about how do I make these connections and how do I maintain them? It really just totally kind of transforms the way that you approach your business. And, and like we said in the first episode, when you are ready to move on, then what? Then like, how does this, how does this serve me? How does it come back? And then how does it serve me? You know, mm-hmm. I think so that would be, and, and that's something you mentioned this in the, in the pre-call a little bit before we started recording. Once you have these connections, then when you do decide to actually go in, say I'm, say I am actually going to spend money on my advertising, mm-hmm. yep. this comes back to me. And how, how does it do that? You explained it really well. Cool. Well, it's, this is foundational, but we're all we're talking about is foundation. I think it could be all you do, right? But if you're going and you're saying, no, I know I need to grow and I need to scale. I need to throw some money into this. I want this to be bigger. People do it wrong when they do that first. They have an idea and let's do some Facebook ads. Let's do this. Nobody even trusts you. You have no proof of concept of what you're doing and you don't have referrals down. You're doing it the wrong way. But if you build it this way and you have word of mouth and you have growth and you have proof of the concept and you're making money, now more money's coming in than what you need because it's worked really well. Now I consider it the turbo button. That's how I say it. Like when I played video games when I was a kid, we did the racing car games and you got near the finish line and you press that turbo button that gave that nitrous oxide and you just flew through the finish line and you won. That's what advertising, paid advertising is to me. Mm-hmm. Build it up right. Build the connections. Build the following. Understand what you're doing wrong because I've made the mistakes with the refunds like we just talked about. I've done it the wrong way. I've done it the less human way. You learn from it. You grow. Once you have that stuff down, you know how to run the business. You know the product that you have. You know your network. Then take the money you're making, pour it from the top back into it, and let what you've done grow well because you have the foundation for it all. Most people do it backwards from that. Mm. I think that's perfect advice. The The turbo button is a fantastic analogy. And like we talked about, unless you've got thousands of dollars you're willing to part with, and I say this all the time when we talk about paid marketing strategies, you really do have to understand how they work, what you're going, you know, you've got to set goals, you have to measure them. There's a, there's a science to spending money on marketing and advertising for sure. And so unless you've got a lot of money that you're super comfortable feeling like you lit on fire and sort of just watched it burn, um, you know, starting, starting in places like this, especially when you are starting out or if you feel like you're sort of stagnant in your business, looking Mm -hmm. at the things and saying, what can I do that's not going to require me to spend money on marketing and advertising is a, a huge relief and is going to provide you so such a such a better foundation moving forward than saying I'm just going to dump some money into Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever yeah, how, do I, how do I how do I market this thing how do I market it like that's not yeah. what we're talking about at all yeah exactly yeah. so like before before we got on here I was spent two hours over at the clubhouse over here doing exactly what we're talking about spend it's all done for the day I did all the connections I did everything I need to do and I can come in here and I can have this conversation with you knowing that that equity is built in a lot of other people's lives and help has been done and I can do this and hopefully this helps somebody else it the the thing that people miss is doing everything we're talking about just feels good it feels good knowing somebody might be listening to this like oh that really clicked for me so I'm going to be a little bit more helpful than less than selfish 
That's my mission with this. If I can help make the business world, world less selfish and more generous, and I can do that for the next 50 years, my goodness, I can talk about this all day long. Because I think it's one of the things that needs to be changed in our world because it's so much about what our goals are. What are we going to accomplish? And I'm getting so tired of it because it's becoming more and more self-involved as time goes on. Mm-hmm. I like that idea of creating a, a generous business world because it's definitely not not the it's way not. that we tend to approach things today. It's, and, it's the, and it's the way we're all being taught. You know, you seven-figure this. Like, all about the numbers and what you're going to get. And, and, and they say – um, service in almost like air quotes, like, oh, you got to serve to do that. But really, what, if you get backstage with me, I'm going to tell you it's really all about how, how we can make as much money as possible. I've seen it. I've mm-hmm. seen it too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, unicorn marketing. I can't even get started on, on, the, <laughs> on, on that. That's a whole – it's another episode. Another so, episode. <laughs> this, this has been fantastic. So if you had one step that listeners could take today, one bite-sized step to build a powerful network – what would it be that they could go and they could do today and feel real good about implementing what we've talked about? Yeah, simple. Start the hour of giving. And even if you only have 15 minutes, I, I call BS on that too. I think everybody's got an hour. When you audit your time in terms of what you're doing on the internet or what you're doing, whatever, everybody's got an hour to do it. I don't care if it's six o'clock in the morning or it's eight o'clock at night. You have an hour where it's not about you. It's all about the people in your world. And you start doing that and you start figuring out, oh, I have a podcast world to connect to. I've got a sales world to connect to. I've got all these different worlds. Then you start building out different worlds of connection. And then when you can start connecting those worlds together, whoa, that's when it really starts taking off because that's when everything opens up. Speaking, all these different options open up because you're connected in all these different worlds. But it starts with that hour. And you might find it to be so much fun that you take multiple hours to do it after that. But that would be my, that would be my suggestion. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and expertise today. I genuinely appreciate it. So remind listeners, where can they connect with you? Yeah, please. Um, the Wealth of Connection podcast, I would love for you to check out. It's brand new and I'm so excited about this. The Total Life Freedom podcast is a daily short form show. Um, if you want to check that out and if you want to see what we're doing, um, totallifefreedom.com is the website. Awesome. All right, Start Marketers, you have a great actionable step today to take Start your hour of giving, block it out on your calendar, reserve it, and keep going. Get started, and we will see you next week. Until next time.